0: So, do you remember uh, Dick Vermeil? If you're a football fan, uh, I guess of a certain age, you definitely remember him. He was a uh, an NFL coach. He had a really interesting career. Um, he goes back a long way. Uh, he was coached the Eagles back in the mid '70s, and then the Rams in the late '90s. And then uh, the Chiefs, after that, 2001, 2002, he had this reputation, or really this record, of turning around losing teams. Sort of like everywhere he went, he just turned losers into winners, usually pretty quickly, too. Not immediately, but within three seasons, all of those teams who were all Losing teams when he when he took over they by the end of season three, they were all in the playoffs Some of them Super Bowl He also had this Reputation or he was known for his intensity Like over the top Crazy intensity like he was a little nutty um, this is what one writer, sports writer, said about him and his style. Dick Vermeil wasn't preparing for games. He was preparing for war. He wasn't a coach. He was a general. For him, it wasn't training camp. It was boot camp. Well, eventually, uh, that intensity caught up with him. And he just burned out. In fact, he became I think he became the person who sort of coined that term, burnout, literally. This is actually what he said about it. I was just a mess. What bothered me most at the end was that the thrill of winning lasted about five minutes. Then I'd be already into preparation for next week's game. When I lost, I couldn't get over it. I couldn't turn it off. I let the game consume me. So he walked away from it. He retired. He brought the Eagles to the Super Bowl in 1981, coached one more year, and then he packed it in. It was just becoming too much. He knew it. And then he becomes this very successful TV analyst for 15 years. Some people would remember him depending on your age from those years, seen him on TV. And then he went back to coaching. It's kind of amazing. So he was off the job for 15 years, and he comes out of retirement. He takes over the losing St. Louis Rams. And three years later, they win the Super Bowl. And then he retired again. And then two years after that, he's hired by the losing Kansas City Chiefs. And within three years, he's got them in the playoffs. So people couldn't really figure this guy out. Had this success, kind of disappeared from coaching for a long time, comes back, wins again, quits, comes back, wins again, and then finally retired from coaching. But everybody wondered, like, what was the secret? This whole, I mean, it's every coach's goal, right? Making losers winners. This whole boot camp thing, this general, this warrior thing. It's kind of like he was loved by some people, I think sort of hated by others, but I think kind of respected, strangely enough, by everybody. At least in terms of his record this is what one guy a former player said about him who kind of respected him i couldn't wait for sundays sunday was the easy day it was the practices that we dreaded they were unbelievable three hours in the heat in full pads but he did it that way for a purpose he was willing to sacrifice a respectable year To have a great year. He wanted to weed out those who didn't want to sacrifice. And he did. And we won. It's that last sentence that I think is kind of important. He wanted to weed out those who didn't want to sacrifice. Sounds a little bit like tonight's gospel. Tonight's parable. You've got these characters. Two of them. You got this owner of this orchard? Well, we know what he says. He's, he looks at this tree, this fig tree, and he's like, "Pull this thing out. chop this thing down, because it's producing nothing. It's been there for years, and I haven't gotten one fig from it. Cut it down. And then the gardener says, well, not right yet. Like, let's give it another year. I'll give it attention. I'll cultivate it. And after a year, if it's still producing nothing, okay, we'll cut it down. And then you got the fig tree. I guess that's, in a a way, kind of a character, too. It's interesting, um, this, this parable... We don't know the end of the story. Like, we don't know what happened. That's where it ended. The gardener convincing, convincing the owner to say, all right, I'll give, it a, I'll give it another year. We don't know what happened at the end of the year. Did it produce fruit and survive or not and be cut down? It's interesting because the parables usually have kind of clear endings, clear beginnings and endings. Think of some of them. The, Uh, The the prodigal son This guy gets his father's inheritance Goes crazy, living like a slob Spending money, losing it all Comes back just looking for anything from his father His father throws him a party, forgives him Beginning, end God's mercy The lost sheep One of these sheep, there's a hundred, one gets lost The good shepherd goes looking for the one. Even though he's got 99 others, everyone matters, and he finds them. End of story. There's stories about how God is in relation to us. Interesting, though, this one doesn't really have an ending. We don't know what became of the fig tree. I mean, I guess it depended on how the fig tree responded. To the year of attention from the gardener. You know, you listen to this story. They take those two characters. Like, is there a an obvious good guy and bad guy? Is there an obvious hero and villain? I mean, the gardener seems like a good man. He's like, come on, let's give this, let's don't, let's not give up on this tree. Like, I'll I'll work with it. He believes in it. Well, that's a good thing. And they get the owner of the the orchard. Well, he just seems a little harsh. I don't know if you'd call him a villain, though. I mean, he's got a right to expect fruit to be upset because the tree isn't producing. That's not unreasonable. So, who are we supposed to be like—the gardener or the owner? I'm thinking of this guy, Dick Vermeule, who I was talking about, that coach. Who is he more like? The gardener or the owner? I think he was kind of both. And I think that's why he won a lot. Because I think we need to be both. Sometimes one, sometimes the other. Sometimes more of one and less of the other. But I think in the course of life we really do have to be both. I mean, talk to a parent, any parent I would say, who would, you know, they're gonna say, hey, there's just times when you gotta be you gotta be the owner. You just gotta say no. You gotta create expectations, you gotta demand them. Kind of like tough love stuff. But those same parents would be the same ones who'd say, yeah, well, there's also times when we are completely the gardener and we're giving them a second chance and a third chance and we're with them and we cultivate them and we focus on them. Sometimes you've got to be the general and sometimes you've got to be the gardener. Maybe that's why there's no Clear ending. Maybe that's why this story is sort of cut short abruptly. You know, when Dick Vermeil came out of retirement the first time, after that fifteen-year period, he took over the Rams, and they were terrible. In his first two years with them, they were terrible. Played way under five hundred. But then they started to get better. And by the start of the third season, before the beginning of it, people were saying these guys are gonna compete, like they've got the ability to be legit. And Vermeil knew it, everybody knew it. And then the, uh, their starting quarterback in a preseason game blows out his knee, a season-ending injury. So now they got no quarterback. They got a second-string quarterback, but they've lost their starter. So they're thinking, you know, their hopes here for a great season have just been sort of dashed. Their backup quarterback never played in the NFL. In fact, when he played in college, um, but he wasn't even drafted by the NFL out of college. His name was Kurt Warner. Before the first game of that season, they're in the locker room. And the whole team is there, as is the coach, Vermeil. And he walks out of the locker room for a second and he comes in with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and these guys are looking at him like, what are you doing with a wheelbarrow? He brings it over to Kurt Warner like very intentionally, like right to him and kind of points this wheelbarrow at this quarterback. And he proceeds to then tell the team this story, this little parable. It's a story about trust and belief in people. It's like four sentences. Listen to, the, listen to what he told them. A man decides to push a wheelbarrow on a tightrope between two skyscrapers. So get a mental picture of that. The guy's a tightrope walker, two skyscrapers, and he's got this wheelbarrow. Everybody laughs at him, except for one spectator who says he believes in the man. The man thanks the spectator. But then he asks him if he would really show faith in him and what he was doing. The man says, What well, what can I do? He says, you could get into the wheelbarrow. It was Vermeil's way of saying to Warner, I believe in you. You're going to lead this team and we're gonna win. That season he kept a, Vermeer kept a wheelbarrow on the sidelines of their home games. If you look at video or maybe a still photo, once in a while you see it, it looks ridiculous. Like what's this wheelbarrow doing on the sidelines? Vermeil was saying like to Todd Warner, uh, Kurt Warner rather I'm getting in your wheelbarrow and by the end of that year Kurt, Kurt Warner was NFL MVP and Super Bowl MVP it's kind of an unbelievable story so I guess Vermeil was he really was both He was the owner. You need to produce. We need to win games. If you don't want to sacrifice, find another job or at least another team because we're going to win games. But he was also the gardener with the wheelbarrow. We believe in you. We're not giving up. And you know what? I mean, we know this. This isn't about fig trees or football. It's about believing in people. When everybody else has stopped believing in a person, and you you, you stay with them, you trust in their ability, you trust in their potential. You climb into their wheelbarrow. But it's also about producing fruit. It's also about winning games, expectation, and sacrifice. It really is about both. So be both.